0: our lives intersect the lives of other people groups or even whole governments what happens next is what i explore in this podcast welcome to intersections i'm brett dickerson your host Listeners, welcome to another episode of Intersections. I'm at Little Flower Catholic Church on South Walker, just south of downtown Oklahoma City. I'm interviewing one of the priests here, Father Jorge Cabrera. And so thank you very much, sir, for uh, meeting with me today. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Can you tell us just a little bit about you, about about your coming into this order? Tell us a little bit about what was attractive to you about the order where you grew up and how you ended up in this order. First of all, what's the name of this order?
1: We, I belong to the order of Discals Carmelites. Mm-hmm. Um, the name Carmelites, it's derived from Mount Carmel, mm-hmm. which is a place in Holy Land, yes. which is the place where our order began. Yes. Okay. So that's, that's about, you know, the name of the order. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I myself was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Okay. And, um, What attracted me to the Diskels Carmelite Order, one of the things was their long heritage of uh, prayer. Uh, They have been one of the orders that have contributed the most to the spiritual life of the church, specifically on the life of prayer through uh, some of the Carmelite saints that have left a, a very valuable legacy of spiritual writings. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross, St. Therese of Lisieux. Um, So it was through them and getting to know them and the writings that one of the things that attracted me to join uh, the Carmelites.
0: St. Therese of Lisieux was called the Little Flower. The Little Flower. And that's that's what this church is named after. Right.
1: And actually, the official name of the parish is Our Lady of Mount Carmel and St. Therese. (laughs) So since it's a seen I grew up in the Oklahoma name, City right. area,
0: so I grew up just calling this, oh yeah, that's Little, Little Flower Church, yeah. But
1: everybody knows the church as Little Flower <laughs> because that's the nickname that St. Teresa gave herself. Uh, uh-huh. but actually her father originally gave her. Yes. And, uh, she, she continued calling herself Little Flower, so. That's uh-huh. how the parish is, popularly known the archdiocese. <laughs> um, so,
0: so how long? Well, let's let's just stay with you here a minute. When did you come to
1: Oklahoma City? Then I came here the first time in two thousand and one yes. as a postulant, which is the first stage of formation. Okay. when you joined the order. Wow.
0: Yeah. So you were in Puerto Rico. How do how do you come to? oklahoma city as a as a postulate i i would have thought that you were a postulate someplace else and right. then you ended up here like well
1: that. um i saw the ad of the order in a vocational magazine and i wrote to them <laughs> <laughs> okay and the rest is history so. seemed like a good idea yeah okay. and, you know before that of course i made a what we call a live-in experience yes uh-huh. you know i uh you know i came to visit not yes. to oklahoma city specifically but to some of our other houses yes in san antonio and little rock yes and then eventually you know after completing the uh, application process i i joined yeah okay
0: um so you've mentioned these these other places uh this this order has how many different different missions different locations around well
1: the around the world it's hard to count them mm-hmm. but the order is divided in, divided in the world in zones that we call provinces okay so this is the province of oklahoma yes and uh, this province has houses in oklahoma city little rock san antonio and dallas okay uh-huh. uh so when you enter a province you're going to be assigned to one of those houses within the province. Okay. Uh huh. Uh, you're not going to be sent elsewhere unless you're going to be sent temporarily for studies or something right. Right. special, but eventually you'll come back to the province. What is, what is considered to be the mother house of the, of the order? Well, that's a very good question. It depends how you, <laughs> you mean the, the mother house of the whole order?
0: Yes. Uh huh. Of the worldwide order.
1: Uh, it's a general house that is in Rome. In Rome. Wow. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. Did the, did the order originate uh, in 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 France or Rome or Spain? Well,
1: originally the Carmelites originated at Mount Carmel, okay, in Holy Land, okay, in Haifa, Israel, um, and then it spread from there to Europe and from Europe to other parts of the world. Right. Um, but then in the fif- 1500s, Saint Teresa of Avila in Spain reformed the order in oh. another branch. Uh, appear which is the Discalced Carmelites ah, which is okay. us. Yes. Now that branch originated in Spain with St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross.
0: Ah, I see. Okay. So nowadays, that's that's where their history. Right. Some people might have might have read about that, that great spiritual friendship that they had right. and, and the work that they did mm-hmm. and that's where your order that runs Little flower church right. that we drive by here in Oklahoma mm-hmm. City all the time that's the connection yeah. then all right that so so that's the connection with Spain right um there was a large presence of your order in Mexico before the Mexican Revolution is that right Yes, yes, okay, and so. Uh, one particular history that I read, and you cautioned me that not all of the histories uh, of, of your order in in the new world are necessarily accurate but one one history that I read was that that you know the Mexican revolutionary Pancho Villa uh kicked your order out of Mexico because right. he thought you were too still too loyal to the royalist uh Spanish because royalist.
1: they were Spaniard friars, yes, yes. and uh, of course. So, uh, if I remember remember well, you know, Pancho Villa was going to, you know, kill them, but I think his wife interceded for the friars, ah. and he gave the friars a chance just to leave. So, they fled Mexico and ended up here in the U.S., in Oklahoma, eventually in Oklahoma, <laughs> but they... <laughs> Yeah, they went to different places, but they ended up establishing themselves here.
0: Considering who Pancho Villa was, that, that almost seems like divine intervention there, doesn't it?
1: Yes, we jokingly say that Pancho Villa is our <laughs> holy father founders, founder, and that we're working on his beatification process, which is not true, of course. <laughs> 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 okay
0: yes so you just narrowly escape from <laughs> right. mexico uh, yes. uh in uh, uh probably what punch will be uh, considered later on to be a weak moment uh and and instead of killing everyone there in the order yeah. um so uh so you come across the border mm-hmm. um Probably with 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 nothing, right? <laughs> uh, and 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 just start with the order started with nothing, started over again, uh, fleeing from Mexico, right? Uh, what happens next? Then is San Antonio kind of the first landing spot? Then
1: no, actually it was Oklahoma. Wow, I was. I mean. The the first spot that we actually established ourselves mm-hmm. was Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, but before that, we, you know, friars went to different different places trying to find right, a place right. to stay, yes. Yes. this and that, and they eventually ended up here. And from mm-hmm. the, here, then the other foundations um, happened. Wow. In, in so the province,
0: right here in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. uh, this this was the headquarters, uh, the first landing spot after after you were driven out of Mexico and, and then it spread back south again then, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Um what um uh what what particular um mission did did this um location for the order have when you first came to Oklahoma? Why this spot in Oklahoma City?
1: Well the main reason why we uh stayed here was because the bishop asked us to please take care of the Hispanic uh, Catholics who were here, who had, you know, they really had a need in the diocese for somebody to minister to them. And since, of course, the friars were Spaniards, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Spanish-speaking, that was the mission that was entrusted to them. What year was that? that, Oh, my goodness. The The exact year... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I haven't memorized it, decade but I know it's in the 30s. It yeah, okay, so in the
0: 1930s. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, this particular neighborhood here. This is at uh, what cross street and, and and South Walker? This is, is South
1: it? Walker and Southwest 10th, 10th
0: Southwest 10th. and 11th. Yes. too. we we're in, yeah, in, between, yes, in between, the between the two 10th and 11th streets. This neighborhood around you here was kind of the center of of um. Hispanic life in Oklahoma mm. City uh, since almost statehood, wasn't mm. it? And so there was already a thriving community here, mm. and that the Archbishop said, "We need somebody here. We need someone who right. can can connect uh, language wise and culture wise." And so uh, that sounds like that turned out to be a good fit mm-hmm. then for your particular right. order. Now, what has what has happened over time in this neighborhood? Now, how are things? Changing. What kinds of change um, it is is this community going through? Here is this congregation going through right now.
1: Well, the congregation itself, uh, we still have mostly young Hispanic families yes. attending, yes, uh, specifically from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very young congregation. Yes. mostly young families, although we have prisoners mm-hmm. from the old days, of course, as yes. well. Yes, But it, it has remained a very young uh, congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, the neighborhood itself, you know, many, many people who come here are not from the neighborhood. Yes. Um, because some years ago, not too many decades ago, uh, this was one of the few Spanish-speaking parishes, so many Hispanics would come from, Right. Other areas to attend mass here. Now, you know, thanks be to God, there many other parishes are offering right. Spanish masses, so but we we still have a, a lot of people coming from other parts. Yes. The neighborhood um I think has become a little more industrialized. You know, you yes, have yes. more industries mm-hmm. and businesses rather than uh houses. We still have houses in uh but it's mm-hmm. not as much as as it used to be. No. Um But our congregation, you know, remains being, you know, heavily Mexican. Yes. Uh, Most of our services are in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Every weekend we have seven Masses, and two of those are in English and five in Spanish. Wow. Um, So in that sense, it hasn't changed much. You know, we're still serving the the Hispanic community as we did at the very beginning.
0: Tell us the Mass times in case somebody wants to...
1: Well, Saturdays, which is the Sunday Vigil Masses, we have the 5.30... English Mass mm-hmm. in the church, Okay. then the 7.30 p.m. Spanish Mass in the church as well. Mm-hmm. Then on Sundays we have 7.30 a.m. in Spanish mm-hmm. in the church, then we have 10 a.m. in the Santuario Guadalupano, which is the newer building behind the church, mm-hmm. and then we have noon English Mass in the church, and then 1.30 and 3.15 in Spanish in the Santuario.
0: All right. That, those are a lot of masses yeah. on one weekend. Yeah, yeah. They are. Do you Do you have daily mass times or maybe once or twice we a do. week? We do. We have the,
1: the 530 daily mass in the chapel. Mm-hmm. Its door faces 11th Street, and mm-hmm. it's in English, that mass. Okay. The daily mass.
0: So you come in off of 11th Street then, a door off of 11th Street right. if you want to visit that mm-hmm. mass. Right. Then during the week. Good. You have a, kind of a newer building back mm-hmm. here. When was that built? How long have you had that?
1: I believe I always see the, the, the plaque there. I always forget the year. Uh, 2000, I want to say 2005. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's only about it 10 years out, right? Yeah. And that was built because we didn't have room for most of our masses were overcrowded. We had people yes. hanging from the rafters. <laughs> uh, so out of security, of course, and yes. out of, yes. a, you know, uh, to give a better service to them, we we built that bigger place can sit seven hundred and seventy seven people.
0: Wow! Now your your sanctuary in here um, actually, people pay attention how ornate it is, and it it actually is not that big, is it? How many people can you in the safely seat in the in the church here?
1: Oh my goodness! I don't know exactly. I want to say.
0: Maybe a couple of hundred or something? Uh, I think
1: think more, maybe more than that three hundred, yeah,
0: okay, something. but you have but you have a need for for more seating than that, in oh, yes. some of those masses oh, yes. then, right, oh yes, so this is this is still a thriving yeah. parish here, mm-hmm. even though there's a lot of change that's going on. do you have some people who drive in from Moore and Norman or places like that just because their family historically has been a part of this parish?
1: We do, uh, but I have to say that I haven't been here since 2001. Uh I've been back and forth. Yes. You know, because in different stages in your formation as a Carmelite, you were sent to different places within the province. Yes. So I've been here, you know, back and forth, back and forth, but not consistently since since 2001. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we have family that, families that come from. Yukon, from, uh, <laughs> more, uh-huh. you know. You because their it. family history. Because it's yeah. their family history, and uh-huh. their parents came here, yes. grandparents came here, and uh, this is where they grew up uh, coming to church, so they have continued mm-hmm. the tradition.
0: Are, uh, I think there, there are probably, especially among English speaking people, uh, who live in this city north north of the river, north of I forty? Uh, there there are two kind of uh, you know perceptions uh, about this area. One is that is that it's emptying out. You mm. know the houses are getting sold, they're being right. torn down, and there's nobody here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some people are going, oh my goodness, there's nobody coming to Little Flower anymore. And we we've, we've just dispelled that. Uh, right. uh, there are you know you. Don't have enough room in your in, in the historic church here right. for for some of your masses. Mm-hmm. The other thing, though, is that pe- people just might not know about what you what your mission is in this in this part of the city here. If you're going to define Little Flowers' mission in this part of the city, what would you say it is?
1: Well, it has continued to be uh, as it was in the beginning to. Uh, to the evangelization and the spiritual uh, nourishment of our Hispanic mm-hmm. community you know bringing them closer to yes. Jesus Christ mm-hmm. uh, specifically to the Hispanic community which of course that doesn't exclude our anglo community i mean yes. we 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 i mean it's the, the church is universal <laughs> <laughs> so it's not that we are exclusive to hispanics mm-hmm. and so we offer you know uh, uh the services for for both Mm -hmm. Uh, but originally we were, we arrived here, as I said, uh, because of the great need that there was to minister to the Hispanic community.
0: What is your greatest social outreach to, to people in this community? What, how do you meet the social needs of, of people in this part of Oklahoma city?
1: Okay. Well, one of the main things that we have offered for decades is a free clinic Oh, uh, that yes. is right here in the parking lot. Okay. And I think that was begun in the eighties, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Uh-huh. And, you know, one of our parishioners, uh, she's a, a retired nurse. Okay. And she just finds f- volunteer doctors who come and right. offer their time and yeah. service for free, okay. uh, to people that come. Uh, we open, uh, every Wednesday, uh, beginning at four, um, and that has been there for decades, as I said. We also work in conjunction with St. James Parish. Yes. Uh, using the St. Vincent de Paul yes. Uh, yes. services, you know, for uh, the pantry, uh, mm. for helping families in need that uh, need help with uh, bills and, and things yes. like that. So, those are two of the things that we For people who are not
0: Catholics, tell us about St. Vincent de Paul.
1: St. Vincent de Paul was a French saint who dedicated his life to minister to the Mm -hmm. poor. Mm -hmm. And uh, nowadays, one of his legacies is the St. Vincent de Paul Society, which is an organization that is present in many, many parishes around the world, and that it offers services for the poor and, and the people who belong to the society, they, you know, they visit families in their homes. They assess the needs, okay. uh, etc. And also, like in our case, uh, they offer like a pantry of food and, okay. and goods for yes. for people in need.
0: Yeah, and and donations from the Archdiocese, and they accept, and, and, and they
1: accept donations, of course. Yes, yes, course. they
0: they continue to depend upon donations. Right. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So so leading up to Christmas here is this. Is this a hard time for some people? Oh, um, yeah. You know, leading up to, uh, you know, it seems like Christmas puts a lot of pressure, mm-hmm. just a lot of social pressure on a lot of people, yeah. doesn't it? Um, so do pe do people, um, do do people reach out to the faith more? Do you find at this time around Christmas time because sometimes Christmas. It's hard for families. Mm-hmm. They Their children go to school with other children. They're talking about all the toys you are going to get, right. and they're not going to. So so uh, do, do, do you find people reach out to the church more at this time of year? Well, uh,
1: we have a particular case here in Little Flower because Christmas time is a time when attendance diminishes because many of them go to Mexico go to visit family. Yes. uh uh-huh. <laughs> uh so in that sense uh, in our the, our case is a little bit particular but i think overall in many parishes you know christmas is a time when the attendance goes up you know it's a time yes. when people yes. tend to get closer to god they want to get closer to god in the church right, mm-hmm. right.
0: and that's a that's another part of uh, of uh, mexican american culture probably that a lot of people don't May not be aware of that. It, that that people who still have family in Mexico, yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's a tradition to go to Mexico yes. mm-hmm. for Christmas. And That's so right. There's there's kind of an emptying out in your in your your community. Yeah, a little ways, bit, isn't there? I right?
1: mean, they want to see family. Some of them are, are escaping the weather, the winter weather, which I don't blame them. <laughs> Make the for, rest of us envious of that's right. going to
0: Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we say that, Father Jorge, and I say that sitting here in front of an electric heater right, right, right here in the office that's and trying right. to stay warm. Uh, before we close out this episode, Father Jorge, you've, you've done a great job on the, on the answering you. these kind of weird questions. <laughs> it might surprise people that you have so many English language masses now, do you have that many Anglos who are coming to your church, or are you finding that Hispanic culture here on the south side of Oklahoma City is, is just generally becoming more comfortable with the English, and some prefer to come to the
1: English Mass? Well, in our parish, we have some Hispanics that attend English Masses, mm-hmm. but it's not the norm by really? far. Really? So it is mostly Anglos? Yes. Um, we have many cases of people... You know, uh, Hispanics who have, who were born here. Yes. In Oklahoma. Yes. Mm-hmm. They were raised here. Mm-hmm. They speak more English than Spanish, right. yeah. but they still attend <laughs> Spanish masses because that's the Spanish, the masses that they attended since they were little. Yes. So they can t- follow it better because they, they understand everything in, in Spanish. Yes. yes. For, in the mass. Yes. Because, because they're they grew used up. to it. They exactly. Because that's yes. where they grew up. Right. So we have that. Um, and you know, we have uh, the two English masses we have every weekend. They're never full. They're yeah, never yeah, full. Yeah. Uh, they're, you know, uh-huh. they're n- really so. So it, as I said, you know, there are some few Hispanics that uh, come to uh, mm-hmm. the, the English mass. Um, but it's not the norm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it depends also how you define Hispanic because, I mean, how many generations does it have to pass until the person stops being Hispanic? So that's a whole uh, different issue. Yeah, so that's
0: a, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, because
1: somebody may have a Hispanic last name, yes. um, but yeah. maybe not much of a culture anymore. So wow, wow, or language. <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that, that's kind of a very classic American <laughs> kind of question. It, yes. You know, how many, how many generations do you get away from your root culture before right. you're just
1: no longer that especially if that you have culture. more than one root culture right which, <laughs> which happens a lot <laughs> which in which one is doesn't it? your That's you right. know the dominant <laughs> culture so <laughs>
0: father jorge thank you so much for meeting with me today this you're welcome is, you've done a great job of answering these questions and you're welcome. many blessings to you in this order and the you. ministry you have here uh, just south of i-40 mm-hmm. now Mm-hmm. South of downtown. Many blessings with you here, especially at Christmas time.
1: Thank you so much. May you have a blessed Christmas yourself.
0: That concludes our interview. There are several ways for you to catch this weekly podcast. Go to our website at intersectionsok.com where you can subscribe, listen to episodes, read the backstory, and see photos of our guest. On iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and our Facebook page, we are Intersections Oklahoma. On Twitter and Instagram, we are Intersections OK. I always want to hear about the cool people in your life, so write to me. My email address is ideas at intersectionsok.com. Steven Tyler is our awesome production advisor, and I am your host, Brett Dickerson.